there we go. We are back again for another brand new episode of Friday Night Counter-Attack. And this one's quite a special one because I'm getting the opportunity to talk to not one, but two different referees. One of them who's in the uh, amateur game, who's, who's refereed at semi-professional level, professional level as well, which has been fantastic and is a previous guest of the podcast. And we're actually joined by a Premier League or former Premier League referee who's actually refereed in some of the biggest games the country's ever seen. Uh, so first guest we have is Umar Ahmed, who we've had previously. Umar, how are you doing today? You OK? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, thanks for the invite. And uh, yeah, obviously really great to firstly be here, but also uh, being a company of Mark, who's obviously kind of been there and done that really. So yeah, it would be great, great for me this. What, what level are you, Umar? What level do you referee at now? Uh, I've literally, uh, we, uh, I literally got my level three uh, yesterday or the day before. So, uh, yeah, so it's uh, level three I'll be uh, as of next season. Oh, brilliant. Well done. That's excellent. What, what, so what did leagues did you referee last season? Uh, so I, I live in West Yorkshire, so it was kind oh, of right. northern, northern counties and then running the line on the kind of Evo Stick League. So, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. You probably won't even remember, but uh, I met you once. At, uh, you came, do you go to Radcliffe Borough now and then? Yes, and then, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, so, so, where I used to live. Yeah, so I, I was an assistant, uh, but the referee oh. was there and you came over and yeah, yeah, you, you gave the ref some advice. So I'll be refereeing at that level next year. So, Oh, right. I, I think I remember that. Yeah, I think I, I don't. I remember that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I think you're flying yeah. out to California or something like that the day after. You were saying, oh yeah, yeah, just do some coaching in California. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well done, pal. You keep working hard, mate. Keep working hard, and you'll be okay. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Remember, I mean, you never stop. You never stop learning. Yeah, that's the main thing. Yeah. Every day's a school day, definitely is. <laughs> literally, if you've clicked onto this episode, you know our special guest today is Mark Halsey, former Premier League referee uh, for a good number of years. It was like. Was it 13, 14 years you were a Premier League referee? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I made the national list uh, 1996 as a referee okay. and then obviously promoted to the Premier League in 1999 and stayed there until end of 2013 season. Well, I finished off refereeing Stephen Gerrard's testimonial at Anfield. Fantastic. So. That's really well done because it's just one of those things that um, on our podcast, we like to learn about football from all different kind of angles as well. And because we've had Uman previously and we've had Keith Hackett on, Previously, oh, Keith. Yeah, yeah, he's a friend of mine, Keith. We speak regularly. Oh, no. Is he joining you out in Spain anytime soon? To help no, 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 no. We, we speak regularly about, you know, referees and decisions and we talk about incidents and we're normally on the same page. That's okay. He was a great, he was a great boss, really good boss, excellent boss he was. That means we're learning from the right people then as well. If we've got someone who's actually been there, <laughs> done that. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> and a second one as well, which is good. But the best thing about this is it's, it's quite funny because... You could have been refereeing me once upon a time as well, because the way I, if I remember correctly, you're from Hertfordshire, aren't you? Uh, yeah, what? from from Willingham City. I started, lived there up till 2000, 2001. Yeah. Fantastic. Because literally, like, because I'm from Enfield as well, and that's literally not too far in terms of how the um, football, like Sunday League football and Saturday football was. was uh, as well, so. well, you're not far from my brother's team, where? Because he manages where football club, my brother. Seriously? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah wow. and they, they lost in their playoff to... Um, Northly playoff final. That, that, yeah. that is quite good as well. I mean, it's not good for him, but it's good that he's actually getting really um, high with, with Weir as well, which is great to hear. But no, Mark, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. It's a great pleasure to have you. And we do have um, quite a lot to talk about because it's not every day we get to learn firsthand from someone who's actually been there and done that in the Premier League as a referee as well. Um, there are a lot of changes in referees that we've seen across different countries, across different nations, and even now with the introduction of VAR at the same time. But 
Um, the first kind of question that I had for you, Mark, was just in terms of how, how did you how did you really find refereeing? How did you really enjoy refereeing in terms of being in that main stage of in Old Trafford in Wembley Stadium and being in the in oh. the middle of big uh, big events? Really, how did you find that personally? Well, uh, it's, I mean, obviously. Um, I came through the ranks. Um, I was a semi-professional player myself, footballer. Yeah. Um, in you know, in, in leading up to becoming a referee, I was a goalkeeper for twelve seasons at Hartford Town, uh, Wellington City, Cambridge City, St Albans City. Um, and I, I, you know, it was a good friend of mine that said uh, I used to play with on a on in a, on Sunday League when I used to play Sunday League in the well in Hatfield. I mean, it was strong back in the day. You know, Sunday Sunday morning football was really strong because most of us that played Sunday mornings, we played Saturday afternoon semi-professional. And then we all used to play together and then play against one another. And it was a good friend of mine that said, um, why don't you take up refereeing who was a, who played and then, you know, poacher turned gamekeeper, who's one of the most dirtiest players I've played behind. You know, he'd do all sorts of things behind the referee's back. And then he'd become a referee and I love me cricket. And he's, his football pitch backed on to... Um, Sorry, he's he's gone back onto our cricket pitch, and every time he used to go around, which, which around, cricket pitch was it? It was uh, Hatfield Hyde in uh, Wellington City in the King George Fifth playing fields. I may have played there before with my school. I played, oh, yeah. I, I played in Wellington City. I played uh, in St Albans, Hatfield, that kind oh, of yeah, area yeah. as well. So I think yeah, I, right. I think I'd remember it if yeah. I saw it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and he just said to me, "Why don't you take up referee?" And I said, "You've got to be joking. You can stick that right up where the sun don't shine. I'm never going to be a referee." Oh, and no. all, that, all that summer, I thought, I thought, I thought about it, and, and my first ever game in the Welling Hatfield Sunday League, I really enjoyed it. Um, and then I sort of had to make that decision. I was sort of, I, I said, because you had to do an eight-week course in them days and um, and then have the exam. And I said, listen, I'm not doing an eight-week course. Absolutely no chance. I'll read the laws of the game and then take my exam if I'm allowed. They gave me permission. The Arts FA done that, got through it, passed the exam. And, and there I was. I never looked back. I was sort of refereeing and playing. And I, I seemed to be, I thought, I didn't want to go into coaching at the time. I thought I'd give something back to the game and become a referee. And I seemed to, um, be good at it. Don't mean to say every time, you know, every ex-player's going to be a good referee, but I just seemed to, I, I just loved it. I just loved refereeing. I think because the players knew me. Um, it don't mean to say that every ex-player's going to make a good referee. You've still got to work at it, you know, and and of course, going through the leagues, coming up to the, you know, going through all the non-leagues, the Ishmael League, the, the, the conference or the national league as it is now, and into the football league, into the Premier League. And I treat every game the same. And, and for me, you know, you talk about going into big stadiums and, and big players. All it is, is just a football match with different surrounds. That's all it is. And, and I just went in with that, with, that, with that attitude that you're just going in to referee 22 players and away I went. And, uh, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed every game I'd done. Sometimes, you know, not, you, you had the, in different performances, but, you know, the, the, the number of good performances outweighed the indifferent performances. Just having that tunnel vision right there. Is that, yeah, it's the just, same it's 22 being, players that you're, you're yeah, managing every single game. Absolutely. Once, once Mark Orsi crossed that white line, every, every level I refereed, um, the players knew what they, gonna, they were going to get from Mark Orsi, whether it be Sunday morning football or it be Saturday afternoon in the Hearts County Premier League or it was into the Ishman League, into the Conference League, into the Football League, into the into the Premier League and then obviously into FIFA. Um, so I always treat every game the same. Every game is over the last. Um, every game is over. It's a cup final. 
and always went out, enjoyed, and I smiled all the time. And it's all about the players, not the referee. And, and that's the way I went. You know, you've got to stay mentally focused and you mustn't switch off at any time. As soon as you blow that whistle, bang, you're into it. That's fantastic Mark, advice. Mark, you had a question. Uh, yeah, for, for me, just, uh, just really interesting. In terms of you being a player, uh, and, and play at a, a fairly decent standard by sounds of it, especially as a semi-professional, how much do you think that had an impact on your ability to referee? Did it did it make you a better referee, do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, also, you know, having played the game and also, you know, when we become professional, I trained with Bolton Wanderers. I spent 12 years training with Bolton Wanderers. And I think it, I think one thing being a player, you, you understand players, you understand their frustrations, you understand their mentality, and you understand when to nip things in the bud, when to get involved, when not to get involved. Um, and you have that awareness about you, what's what, what's going on, you know, what's going on around you all the time. You're, you're looking, you're all, you know, you, you get, you do, you do get, you pick up the little, the little niggles, you pick up the little late challenges, you know, you do get that time. You do get that time. And I, and, and, you know, when, when the right back's got the ball, you, no one's going to be challenging. You're just having to look around. You've got that time to look around, see what's going on, see who's having a go at one another and just get around there and you nip it in the bud. And I think players get to understand you. They get to respect you because not, not, not because you've played a game. I think because the way, the way you're speaking to them, you know, you're polite. You've always, for me, okay, as a top referee, as a referee, you are, Omar, you've got to engage with the players. I was a player. I was a player's referee. I always gave the players a chance. I always managed situations when I could manage situations. There are times when you can't manage. There are times when you can't. But there are times when you get that. You know, everything's about confidence. That first whistle, you get that first decision right, and all of a sudden your confidence goes up in stature. Yourself goes up in stature. Your body, your body language, and everything we do is about confidence. And and it's about. I mean, referees think that as soon as they walk out on that field of play, you, you, you demand that respect. That's not the case. Your respect comes with your decision-making, your accuracy in decision-making, the way you talk to the players. You know, first five minutes, you may get a challenge that's a reckless challenge or you get a careless challenge bordering on a reckless challenge. Now, they're the sort of things you can manage early on, but you have to make sure you do that with a, a public admonishment. You pull them to you, you talk to them, you smile them, and a smile diffuses so many, so many things. You can laugh with the players, you can joke with the players, but when you have that opportunity to stamp your authority on the game, you must do it. And that may just be with a bollocking, because if you don't, the players know you, because you referee those players so many times, whatever level you're at, so many times each season. And they, they know then, they think, oh, we've got a weak referee today, guys. Oh, we can get away with murder today. Yeah, and I, I find that, with, like, obviously, I'm a referee as well, but I'm involved in a place under league as well. And every, every player knows their referees now. So when someone turns up, we're like, we know who we're getting. Or, Absolutely, or, yeah. Or, or he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna give everything, or he's going to let everything go. It's, it's, it's really interesting, that, yeah. It is. It, yeah, players, players know that players know their referees at any level, at any level. Because would you say it's, it's something that maybe players who don't make the grade, like you know, players who fail at like the academy in the last hurdle, they could go on to be a referee in their career? Do you reckon that could be an option? Because actually, know the yeah. game. And I mean, they know I, how I was, the game should be uh, played from a. Referee. I was one for advocate, and I most probably upset Omar, uh, Omar, and a few other referees. But I know there is there is a shortage of referees and. Uh, 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 even at grassroots, you know, what, you know what they have to put up with at grassroots, the, the abuse they have to put up with, and I, I, I look at 
you know, I look at players in perhaps the, the, the National League, uh, League, League One and League Two. You know, they're not, the, the, the wages are not that great. And, and they don't, you know, when they get to 30, 31, 32, they could be, you know, at the end of their contract and they're being, they're being chucked on the, on, the, on the pole looking for new clubs for the following season. And, I, and I, I look at cricket. If you look at cricket umpires, if you look at, if you look at professional cricketers when they retire and go into umpiring, they take the exam and they go straight into second level cricket, second 11 cricket. So if we have ex-professionals that want to take, let me say this, you know, listen, league, uh, championship and, and um, Premier League players ain't going to do it because they don't need to because they're, they're, they've got, they get paid so much money per week. It's the guys in League One and League Two that don't get the, the wages like these guys get. And so if you look at the ex-cricketers the ex the ex that take going to umpire, they go past the exam, they go straight into second 11 cricket. Now, for me, we should have a look, we look at these professional players. Don't mean to say they're all going to be good, but you get these, these ex-professional players, get them to do the course and put them straight into the, the, the conference, North Conference North, Conference South, and, and sorry, National League North, National League South, and the National League. And then put, you put them in there and let them do their, 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 their work there. They're training in, in in those in those leagues, and if listen, if it doesn't work out, then then fine. They 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 have got to be told this. You're not going to make the grade, and away they go. Uma, what do you have to kind of say to that? Um, in terms of what Mark said, do you reckon that could actually really work to engage a lot more uh, footballers going into the refereeing game and uh, appeal to them as well? Because I thought it'd be really good to get brand new people coming in with the insight of a professional football career or, or semi-professional football career. What would you have to say? Yeah, yeah definitely. And, and as Mark said, that, that opinion would probably divide opinion. And probably Mark, when you advocated it, you probably probably divided opinion as well with, with that with that kind of that thought process, really. But I, I genuinely I mean, think having that understanding of the game is, is key, really. And I'm saying I, I I don't I don't play at, at an amazing level. I only play Sunday League, but I only started playing Sunday League maybe three four years ago. And since I play, started playing Sunday League. I felt my refereeing improved, uh, yes. which which obviously is it's obviously bizarre it sounds, but I just kind of knew the game better. Uh, I knew what to look out for. I could tell when a player's kind of maybe his his head's gonna go or yeah, if a player's absolutely. having a, and you could even even in terms of like tackles, like yeah. when when I play when we play, there'll be some that are just careless, and if you don't play the game, you wouldn't know that. You think oh he's gonna he's, he's kicked him on purpose, but it genuinely is, and, and I think it probably it probably is. Uh, it probably is right to maybe get these expert pros in to to do some of that. I guess it just depends on what level they go in. There's yeah, obviously yeah. no reason for them to go right at the bottom. Uh, no, no, yeah, I agree. Possibly but, depends depends what level they go in. At. But Uma, how long have you been refereeing? Uh, probably about t- ten years. Ten years. So how old are you now? Uh, I'm thirty four now. Thirty four. still got you now level three. Still got plenty of time. You, do you still play on a Sunday? Uh, yeah, yeah, still play on a Sunday. Yeah. Oh, well, be careful because you get well, so I'll, I'll have to stop now. I've got level three. I'll, I'll obviously have to stop. <laughs> but uh, I'll say, if, get, four, if, if, I, if you get caught, if you get cautioned or sent off, you'll be suspended from refereeing as well. <laughs> yeah, that's certainly. I'm, I'm I'm nice to referee, so I, I don't normally don't really. But yeah, now I'm level three. I obviously won't be playing. But yeah, I'm, I think just the point is that somebody really did help me. It really helped me improve my refereeing. I've been yeah, refereeing yeah, yeah. and uh, the first five years I was level four for quite a couple of years, really, and. Once I understood the game a bit more, it, it generally helped my refereeing. Really. I think yeah, yeah, that, yeah, good, good, yeah, good. Hope you know, wish you all the best. You know, level three, level three now. You keep going, you can be, you know, you're not far away from the top. So 
Got to keep going. We'll see you. I, I, I would we'll add, him in the Premier League as well. Yeah, no, I'd add something that he almost a, a miles better referee than he is footballer. Just put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. You stick to referee, stick to referee, pal. Salem, nice to see you on the conversation today. Uh, Umar and Salem play Sunday League football together, Mark, as well. So they're oh, do that, okay. okay. Yeah, in the same team, which is really good as well. But I didn't know that. You know how you, um, if you do get a yellow card or red card as a player and you're a referee, you actually can't referee. I thought that was a myth, but you've just clarified that for us as well, Mark. So is that literally something that you had to watch out for when you were playing? <laughs> yeah, um, it was. I mean, I was told, you know, that uh, if, if, if I got caught, if I got sent off and suspended, I wouldn't be able to referee as well. So it's just like, like Uma, I was very good to referees. I was very kind to referees because I always like, when I played, I always liked referees that allow the playing to, allow the game to flow and, and, and spoke with the players and spoke with this and, and had a laugh and a joke with this. And that's what it's all about. You know, you never get that second chance to make that first impression. And, and I think the, the funny thing is it works the other way as well in terms of, I think Salim who plays with me is kind of, in terms of fouls, I make a lot of fouls, but I'll never yeah, get cautioned. I make loads. so many fouls, but I'll never get cautioned because... It, is, that, is, that because is, caution is, is that because the referees know you? <laughs> Probably, they know you, but also there's a lot that don't know me, but I know right. how far to go. Do you get, as in, obviously, yeah, 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 yeah. but you know... What will get you caution? What will get you yeah. caution? And even yeah. even in terms yeah, of yeah. your team, it'll improve your yeah. team because if players are on the referee's back, I'll say to him, "Why are you shouting at him for? He's just not. He'll mm. just not help you, and he'll yeah. he'll, he'll just end up uh, he'll end up just disliking you." So, yeah. kind of having a referee in, on your team as a footballer, it improves your play as a footballer as well, you, really, because you, 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 you don't do because you, you, you tend you tend not to get those 50 fifties. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, it's crazy to hear that. It's literally that. So many referees nowadays, it's it's a lot easier to see how there's much more diversity in referees going forward, like with women referees, uh, with referees of different colour as well, which is great to see. But Mark, yeah. I just wanted to know from your point of view, in terms of referees from like European countries that you see at like the Euros or the World Cup or in the Champions League, Europa League, um, compared to like Premier League referees, what would you say are the probably two or three key differences that you see in foreign referees yeah. compared to English referees? Yeah. I mean, when I used to referee, and obviously the Premier League then go abroad and referee, you had, you did have to change your style. Um, and uh, as you see in in, in Europe, um, they expect every little bit of contact to be given, um, and you tend and you you tend to see referees giving the, the small contact because you know you're trying to keep the peace, you're trying to keep your control, and if you're letting if you if you start letting small things go, and it could you know turn out to be then a lot more bigger things that you're letting go and you're, and you're missing. So, uh, you know, like, you know, for feet up, you always see a, a referee giving a, a, a chat, someone that goes in with a chat with their foot slightly raised, that's always going to be given. We're in the Premier League, you don't see it. Um, a little little nudge here, a little nudge there in the Premier League, you don't see that given, but in in in, in Europe, you'll see that given. You'll see, you'll see Michael, Oliver and Andy Taylor referee differently in Champions League games to what you see in Premier League games because... Europe expect the small fouls, the small little physical contacts, because that's what they expect, and 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 that's and that's how you, and that, that that's the that's the difference between you know refereeing in Europe and refereeing in the Premier League. And I know everybody around the world loves watching the Premier League because the physicality of the of the Premier League, the speed of it, the intensity, and the fact that yeah. the referees actually do let play go on. They do play the advantage yeah. a lot, and they always do go back for like the person who's fouled someone. So, for example, if someone's fouled someone on the counter attack, but the team is still broken away and they score, they'll just go back and give the yellow card. But in Europe, it, it, yeah, if it is a yellow card, stop. yeah, if it what, is a yellow card, yeah, if it is. I mean, what we've got to remember is 
every every offence does mean to say it's a caution. That's what you know. We are seeing far too many cheap cautions in 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 the Premier League, and uh, that's what if that's one bugbear of mine. That's it. We you know we we're cautioning players when you don't need to caution players. That's where you can manage the game and manage the players. That's what it's about: managing the game, managing the players, managing the event. You know, not being not being too aggressive and 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 polite, be polite with the players and engage with the players. That's what it's all about. Yeah, just building that rapport over the season as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Salim and I, we have a bugbear. We have a, we have a, a yeah an issue with handball. We're not really sure on like the terms of how the handball rule has kind of devolved over the coming years because you see it with VAR now where we're using. It. We can talk about VAR later, but you know the handball rule about like where you can actually use it when it's actually applicable for handball and when it's not. So, like, for example, earlier this season, Duncan Watmore ham- handled the ball against Manchester United and then the, the goal went on to uh, count. But I'm just kind of there, like, that should have definitely been a handball. It literally touches hand. The cameras can see it. Everyone in the world can see it. But the VAR didn't. The VAR it's, like didn't. The, it's like the one with um, Rodri against Everton. That was quite an ev- uh, obvious yeah. one. Yeah, well, yeah. And that, and that, and I think you know obviously we obviously not we'll speak about VAR later, but that's the that's the inconsistency of of VAR for me. It's it's not it's not being it's 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 application. It's not being um, implemented as it should be in in Premier League, and perhaps that's why we've not got no VAR officials going to the World Cup. Yeah, because mm. it's like um it's like when you're watching cricket or you're watching rugby with Hawkeye and DRS. They've been using it for years and they've mastered it for years as well. Do you think that referees nowadays have to be trained specifically how to use VAR and why it should um like why one referee's opinion shouldn't affect the on-field referee's decision um, as well? Yeah, I think. Listen, look, it's we are we do see inconsistencies, different different interpretations. That shouldn't be the case with VAR because. Um, it, it, there's a protocol in place and we're not there to re-referee the game. We're there, VAR is there for the absolute clear and obvious error. It's there for the howler made by the on-field match officials. Not for subjective decisions as we've seen this season. I mean, we've seen, we've seen penalties not given when they should have been given but with VAR, we've seen Serious foul play challenges, you know, Harry Kane against Liverpool. I mean, you know, as the most easiest sending off that for a VAR to get involved in, to recommend a review for the referee to go and look at that 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 um, that challenge, and and it doesn't happen. So you can understand why fans and players and managers are upset with the way it's implemented in, in into the Premier League, um, and it, it, it's. It's, it, it's, the consistency is not there. The consistency is not there, and and as I say, that's uh, and that and that's why that so many people are frustrated with 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 um, VAR in, in the Premier League. Now, if you go into the Champions League, you don't get those problems, do you? Because of the leadership and direction by Roberto Rossetti and UEFA towards their elite referees, it's all about leadership and direction. Because the European referees did really well at the Euros last time, I thought, as well. Especially in some of the bigger games, the quarterfinals, the semifinals as well. Letting play go, but always going to yeah. the uh, on-field referee's decision. Always looking at yeah. the monitors where they could in the, in the stadiums. And I yeah. thought that was fantastic. It, it was. I mean, the, the referee, I mean, in, in the Euro 2020, the referee was superb. And what you've got to remember is, with that is, 
they picked the best referees from that country. So they're in the elite group. So it's the best referees. So our best referees, Michael and Anthony Taylor, are in that elite group yeah. of UEFA. You've got to be in that elite group of referees, the top group, to be refereeing in the Champions League and go to go to tournaments. And hopefully Umar in like five, ten years' time. That'd be, that'd be well, cool. Well, listen, um, he's got it. Yeah, what's he, he ain't got long left because obviously his age will go before him. So <laughs> with, with, with getting to the elite group in, you know, he's got to be in refereeing in the Premier League, you know, in yeah, two or three years' time. Do you know what I mean? Maybe steps up more. I think, I think if, I, if I get, even if I get to maybe National League level, I'll be happy really. It's a good standard to, uh, to yeah. appreciate, really. Uh, just a quick question, Mark. So uh, was there any talk of VR while you were, or, or any form of kind of thing while you were there? Would you yeah, have Yeah, I mean, obviously there, there was, but it was, it was a long way away. Um, if I'd known that, perhaps I may, have, I may have stayed on and got a VAR role. But uh, um, yeah, I think, listen... I mean, I think it, I think it's easier now for referees on the Premier League because you know if you make that big error, you've got VAR to fall back and 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 and, and help you and 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 look at the decision. And if if need be, well, we know once you go to the monitor, we know the decision is going to be overturned. We know that we know because that's what they're told to do to go with with the uh, the VAR official. So yeah, I think I think for me though, I I, I think. With VAR, I think referees now are not giving the big decisions. You know, when when you see you see incidents that go on in, in the penalty chair where there's you know the player goes down, they don't give nothing, and they think, oh no, if I don't give this, if I've made a big error, VAR will come and get me out, get me out of it. Instead of just you know, using you know when you're refereeing, you get that gut feeling straight away, don't you? Bang penalty. You get that gut feeling straight away, and you give it, don't you? Or you you look at it, you play it back through your mind, couple of seconds, bang, you give it. Well, I think you know in 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 the Premier League now, I think uh, referees are not doing that. I think they're relying on VAR to come in and help them if, if they've made a, a, a massive error. Because we've we've seen penalties where you think, well, that's a penalty, but it's subjective. So VAR have not come in, and you, you see, you think, oh, if he if he gives that. Then that stays given. We see so many st- decisions in the in the Premier League where if a referee gives that or holding offence or a or a challenge in the Premier League, and he gives it, it stays given. If he doesn't give it, VAR don't get involved because it's subjective. And I think what we what we want to we don't want to see or what we what we don't want to see in 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 VAR with VAR is the VAR official re referee in the game. That's not what we want. That's what I was thinking in terms of taking over the, what the actual on-field referee that, um, does do compared to just like using the VAR as a cop-out really, which is what we've seen unfortunately a lot since VAR has been um, been in place as well. Um, but Mark, this is where I kind of wanted to kind of divulge your attention, divert your attention I should say, to kind of, they're more like f- kind of fan questions in terms of, instead of asking the, the normal professional referee ones in terms of just little questions like, if you could name your top five players that you refereed Ooh, top five from your career oh. in like 13 14 uh, that you've been on the same pitch with who would they be and oh, why listen, that listen listen there's so many so there's so many players it'd be unfair for me because i got on with so many players so many fantastic players i refereed 
The thing is, I they mean, got on with you as well. We could see that yeah. from like literally from the TV. We could see that they, they loved you as a referee. Yeah, I mean, listen, look, I, I, I had some wonderful players. I had some wonderful memories with with many, many big players. And I'm I'm going to pick one player because he's, he's not. I mean, when I refereed Zidane Zidane, he was just he, he was fantastic. His mm. his vision, his time on the time he had on the ball, and his, his passing was just fan, fan, fantastic, fantastic. Um, so I think he's got to be one of the one of the top players that I've, I've refereed. I have to say. Okay, we'll make it um, we'll make it easier for you, um, <laughs> so you don't have to be uh, subjected to who you think. Salim, myself, and Uma will all pick one player from that era between 1999 and 2013. So I'll I'll start off. I'll say, how was it refereeing Thierry Henry and the Invincibles at Highbury? How was it for that season? I, yeah, I mean, fantastic. I mean, I think I refereed the. Uh, I mean. Henri was 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 brilliant. Was a fantastic player. We to, we were blessed with so many players. You know, Henri, Vieira, you know, Keane, Skulls, you know, Shearer, Beckham, Gerrard, Aguero. Um, so yeah, there's just there's just so many. And it, it was it, sometimes you know when you you're on the field with them, you you. You're behind. You think, oh, what a what a goal! Wow, what a goal that was! I remember, I remember being behind Alan Shearer at uh, St James's Park when he scored a 25 yard against Everton. I think it was oh, Everton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and I was I, I was right behind that when he hit it, and I went, "That's that's in!" I shouted, so "I went, that's in, that's in, that's a goal!" And it went straight in the back of the net in the top corner, and he went off on his run, and I just he walked, come back past, and went, "That's." What a goal! Well done, brilliant goal. And, and how that, can you stay you know, neutral when you see something like that on the pitch as well? That's crazy because you just have to. Well, be like, it, it, oh. you know, if, yeah, I mean, I'm a football lover. I love football. I'm a football fan. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I'm a big QPR fan. I love football. Um, and it's just you just it's just one of those things. You know, people say, "Oh, you can't say that. You can't do that." Well, why why can't you? We're all we're all a football family. We're all one big family. And you know, um. No one should ever question our integrity. No one should ever question our integrity because once you cross that white line, you are refereeing two teams. You've gone, you've gone to war with two teams because they will, they will try and do what they can to get what they can out of you. And that's where as a referee at the top level, you've got to be mentally tough, mentally strong, and you cannot switch off for one minute. If you do switch off, you're going to make a mistake. Go, go on, Salem. If you had a player to ask Mark about, or a manager, um, even Martin O'Neill, maybe as Salem's an Aston Villa fan. Oh, <laughs> Martin O'Neill, I don't know. about Martin O'Neill. Go on. Well, you can start first and I'll ask you the, the question I had then. What, Martin O'Neill? Yeah. I remember uh, when he was a Villa, Villa manager and they were playing at Man City. And I think I think Villa went 1 0 up, if, I'm, if I remember right. Was it the oh, we lost, I think we lost 3 1. Was it that one? Where I, I gave a penalty to City, the um, City's equalised with a penalty just before half time. A keep, the keeper come out and uh, he clattered into one of the City players. Can't remember who the keeper was at the time, and um, he clattered into one of the City the City players. And I give a penalty, and I could see. I looked. I looked. Just looked behind me. I could see John Robinson and Martin O'Neill going absolutely ballistic on the sideline. And I always said, I always said to the managers, uh, you know, when they brought the, bring the team sheets in, I said, listen, if you have a problem with me or my assistants, do not come running onto the pitch and remonstrate with me. Do not do it. 
because I won't be happy and I'll just report you. So don't do it. Um, and no one, no one did. So I said, if you want to have a go at me, wait till I'm off the pitch and see me in the tunnel area. And now I blew the whistle for half time. Walking down the tunnel, Martin O'Neill, John Robinson went for me and they gave me such a volley of abuse, expletives, so I can't repeat on this. <laughs> and, and I just said something back to him and I can't explain, I can't tell you what I said back to him because I know what I said back to him and I told him where to get off. Mm. And, um, and I walked into the dressing room, sat down, had a cup of tea and we started you know, talking to the assistants and all of a sudden there was a knock at the door. And I, and I said to Mel, they weren't supposed to come in at half-time, but I always said, listen, you want to speak to me, come in at half-time or full-time, I haven't got a problem. What goes on in our, in what goes on in my dressing room stays in my dressing room. And knock at the door, in comes John Robinson. I said, John, don't say anything, you're going to get yourself in trouble. He says, no, Mark, Mark, we've seen the incident and you're absolutely bang on. It's a penalty. And I'd like to apologise on behalf of myself and Mike and O'Neill. Wow. So we're, we are very sorry. And I went, listen, that's not a problem. And that, and that was it, you know, the way we went, and uh, that was that was that was good because I've had a few I've had a few volleys from mine as a full proficient as well. So <laughs> that, that's that's quality. But yeah, I had sort of two two people. So I think the first one is that I, I think you were the ref that sent Dion Dublin off for the head. I did. I did. Some, yeah, yeah. I did. <laughs> that's that so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Savage yeah. in the derby. Yeah, I was Crazy. thinking in the head. I was thinking, oh, well done, Dion. I've got to send you off, mate. <laughs> And uh, the only is, joking, Bobby. Only joking. <laughs> the second one was um, how was it to sort of referee with like um, Mourinho on the touchline because he's quite a mm. tough character to deal with. Yeah, I mean, listen, that 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 that's, um, that uh, Villa Birmingham game was a was a tough tough game. It really was one of those, you know tough tough game that night. Lots going on, weren't there? Um, crowd invasions, pitch invasions. Um, I sent I sent. Um, Two players off, two Villa players off that night, um, and deservedly so. And I always remember getting a letter from Steve Bruce congratulating me um, on the way I handled the game. He sent me a, a letter in writing, so that was that was nice. Um, Jose was, I mean, I remember my first encounter with uh, Jose. Um, I was I was uh, full official in a Champions League game, Porto. I think it was Porto and Mar and I think it was. Monaco, I think it was Monaco, uh, back in two thousand, early two thousands, and that's when I met him. And um, was it the Champions League final? Because they had a Champions no, League final. Yeah, it wasn't a Champions League final. Okay. It was in, in, a, in, a, in it might a, be Marseille or somebody then. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I think it was Monaco, not Marseille. It might be wrong. It might be Marseille. Might be, I can't remember. But I met him. That was, was I was full official that day to uh, Graham Pohl, and he was he was the manager. And um, we seemed we seemed to really hit it off that night. And I got on really well with him, and that that's that's stood me in good stead for. When he came to England, and I refereed all his teams, and we always, always got on, on well with him. He always invited me before a game. We used to have good chats into his office about football and about refereeing, and uh, he always, he always uh, related to me as the as the twenty third player, a, a player's referee, and he, he picked up on that as well through my refereeing. That's a nice saying and a nice compliment from Jose Mourinho. Mm. That's really good. That Uma, did you have anyone in particular that you wanted to know about from? Uh, from I'd, I'd say it's it's probably uh, an example. I'm I'm assuming you refereed Man United versus Arsenal in in that kind of the height of their rivalry. So I would just be interested in like the kind of the Vieira Keen type that kind of yeah. rivalry. How yeah. did you referee? How do you manage that situation? How do you referee them? Well. Listen, I, I remember I've done the game. Was it the two-two draw at Highbury when I sent off? Um, uh, who was it? I sent off Sol Campbell for the elbow on Solskjaer. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, listen, great, great rivalries, great battles. And it's, as I said to you earlier, Omar, it's all, Omar, it's all about how you manage the players, how you talk to the players, how you, you know, you, you focus and, you know, you're anticipating play, you're reading the game, your awareness of what's going on around you all the time. You're always looking. You've always got that time to look around. Always got that time uh, to, to look and see how players are reacting, how players are talking to each other. And if they've got that, you know, little bit of niggling them, between the between the players, you've got to get in there and diffuse it by talking to them. Um, you know, listen, I use shot floor language all the time when I refereed, as players did, and that's you know that that's that's that that playing field is your workplace. That playing field is is shot floor, and and listen, referees use it and they'll always use it, and and that's how you and that's how you use it to um, to speak to players and to control the players. That's really cool because it means that you've actually gone through some of the biggest eras, well, the biggest era in the Premier League history, in my opinion, some of the biggest players and biggest characters. Because we've said recently there are a lot less characters on the football pitch. You see them more in their captains and the vice captains, but even the likes of Sol Campbell, the likes of Martin Keown, the Paul Scholes, they were big characters, David Beckham's as well. And they weren't even the captain yeah. or the vice captain. And they had oh, to yeah, do yeah. it and they had to use shop language, like you said, and yeah, you absolutely. had to do it to be on a level with them as well, which it, is incredible it, to hear. It's all about having a personality as well. There's nothing wrong with a referee and having a personality. You know, I know some people love or loathe him. Mike, Mike Dean, you know, what, a, what an excellent referee. Yeah, personality. Going to miss his experience big time, big time. Yeah, you really need the personality in that as well. But uh, Mark, I just wanted I to thank I, you I, for that as I well. Just, I think you spoke to the point about kind of Zidane and everything like that. But uh, Mark was saying is, I think the, the beauty Mark would have and as a referee sometimes is, you get to see the players up close and you really appreciate how how good like a player like Zidane is. Like No one in the stand would have actually had that viewpoint that Mark would have on the pitch seeing Zidane. So like if like Mark's the kind of really fortunate to have seen a player that close up. Because I've said there's, there's get cheap players I've refereed before who are kind of at professional level or something. And you just, when you're there on the pitch and you're there and you think, wow, you are just absolutely amazingly. I think... Having that, people don't realise as a referee, you actually can see everything, you can see how good they are. You do, yeah. I mean, and through your mind, you go, "God, what a pass that was!" Or "What a what a goal that was!" Or you know, "Or what a what a good challenge that was!" Or you know, when when players are when players are you know away and they, they deliberately you know trip them up or pull them back, and you think, and I've, I've, I've you know I've, I've got up to them and said, "Listen, I would have done that if I was you. I would have done exactly what you done." But there's a yellow card, you know. So and they and they understand that. So. Um, but at the end of the day, you're still going out there and you're refereeing 22 players. Yeah, literally, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, there's the same 22 yeah. players again and again yeah. and again, which is crazy. Uh, one last question before we move on to another topic, Mark, is uh, basically when I play five-a-side football and when I play with um, Salim, when we play five-a-side football normally on a Friday night, I normally wear like a camera on my head. So I record us playing football and we can watch our games back, our goals back and see who's done what. My question to you is, do you think referees should be having ref cameras on their chest so they can actually see up close and personal in terms of um, what the players are like could, and they could feed back to like the broadcasting companies and what the players actually say to the referees? Obviously, like bleeped out and stuff like that for family viewing. Do you think that's a good idea or do you think that won't really be suitable uh, for today's game? Yeah, I think... I think I think uh, for me, I, I don't think you need it at, at the highest level. I think something like that is good for grassroots referees. 
um, not only to help them with their performance and look at their performance and the decision making, but to protect the grassroots referee because we're seeing so many assaults now on 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 our young referees and and, and older referees from on grassroots. So it's there to act, you know be there to act as a deterrent as well. For if any if any player wants to assault or sack a referee, yeah. Mm. Yeah, because we see that in terms of people starting out refereeing because they're like a student or they need like a secondary job or something just to earn some money as well. But yeah. the parents of like even people in like their under tens, under twelves type of groups, um, group groups, they're still really abusive because they're like, oh my yeah. kid got fouled and they're effing and blinding that a referee yeah. at a kid's game as well. And it's awful to see. It's really horrible. It, it, it's like, I mean, would, would the parents like me to go up there and then start effing and blinding their 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 young players? No, they wouldn't. So don't do it to a young referee. Yeah, and they're only they're also, doing it you know, for different reasons as well. Everyone's got their own reasons for getting into refereeing and into absolutely, football Absolutely, well. yeah. yeah. Exactly like you said earlier, all one big footballing family um, as well. And just to kind of lead into that football family as well, Mark, I did want to talk to you a bit more about your incredible bravery and how you've actually, uh, how you how you suffered from cancer um, a couple of years ago. And the fact that you, I, th- I don't know if this is true or not, but you may have had cancer when you were refereeing um, a game against was it Everton I think I know yes I did Everton Arsenal first game of the season yeah yeah I did how did um, that kind of come about because that's crazy and also obviously you survived which is great to see and I want to learn more about that but just in first that first instance of finding out against like Everton Arsenal how did you kind of find out about that well I've been I've been I've, I've been struggling all through the summer yeah not not realizing what it was and I'd, I'd lost about 10 kilos in weight and then somehow I passed, I got through the fitness test and done, you know, the pre-season training and done a couple of pre- pre-season games. And, uh, and I think it was me drilling that got, got me through and, in, uh, in, you know, through the training and the fitness test. And, but I was, I was really, really struggling big time. And it was my wife that said that um, because she'd been diagnosed with leukemia that, 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 that year as well. And, um, she said, "Oh, we're going to go for a scan because I couldn't eat anything. I could, I could drink, but I couldn't, I couldn't eat." And um, went, went, went for a scan. That was on the Thursday, and then I was told that um, I'd had, I had a throat cancer, a tumor. That was the, that was the Thursday before the sat the Saturday game, um, and I, I, I didn't, I didn't look good at all. I, I didn't, I didn't look good. Um, I didn't feel good, and I'm thinking, Christ, this is it. I, I'm not going to referee again. That, that's my career finished. Over. So I had to make a decision what I was going to do, and I spoke with my with my management, and, and they left it up to me. And uh, I decided to do that game. Don't know what I, I just decided foolishly. That was foolish of me um, because on the Saturday when I woke up, because I only I lived in Bolton, so it was only down the road, so I didn't have to travel. wasn't too far to travel, so um, to, from Bolton to Goodison, and I looked. I got up that day and I felt awful because I had a big tumor in my throat. And uh, I looked myself in the mirror and thought, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. But I thought this could be this could be my last ever game at professional level, or you know, at all. I won't ever referee again. Yeah. And um, yeah, I always remember getting to the hotel uh, that we, we all met at and the officials. And I always remember because you know, they looked at me and they thought, Jesus, Mark, you don't look too good. And I just said, Listen, guys, I need all the help I can get today from you. And they said, Ain't that what we normally do, Mark? <laughs> so. Uh, so I said no, and I, and I told him. So I didn't tell anybody. It's only I didn't tell anybody. I didn't even tell the assessor. And uh, you know, I, I mean, God knows how I got through that game. And it was silly, really, because if if something had happened, and I got a big decision wrong, because it was live on TV. If I got a big decision wrong, 
then they all everyone would have been saying because on that after that weekend it came out I think on the I think it was on the Saturday or Sunday that I I had to go in hospital because you know knowing going into that game knowing on the Monday after the Saturday game I was going into the Beaumont Hospital in Bolton to have to have my tumor removed. Um, it was you know I remember I remember. Um, uh, blowing the final whistle and I said to the assistants just come to me because I'm going to collapse I just know I'm going to collapse and they, they caught, got really close to me and, and got me back in the dressing room and that's where it hit home that I was going into hospital to have a tumour removed on, on, on the Monday so yeah I suppose I was foolish I shouldn't, I shouldn't have refereed it um, but you know you know what we like I did I did so um, but luckily for me it, it, it went okay it went okay for the record, that game was 6-1 to Arsenal, wasn't it? It, it was. Know? And I always remember my assessor coming in, uh, Joe Rawls, always, always, he liked the way I referee. He said, Mark, you, you wasn't as fit as you normally are. You didn't look as quick as you normally were. And I thought, Joe, if only you'd know. <laughs> <laughs> if only, if only. But now, kudos to yourself and kudos to your team for helping you in that game as well. Because in terms of what I mentioned earlier about the football and family, that was when, obviously, you had to take some time out of the game. You had to focus on I your did, health. yeah. And you I had to did. focus on literally just trying to get better, let alone come back That's to it, the yeah. Referee. I always, rem- always remember having a tumour removed on the Monday and it grew back on the, grew, grew back by the Friday. Oh, nice. That's when I ended up going to the um, the Christie Hospital, which saved my life in, in, in Manchester. Brilliant, fantastic. And, you know, the, the, I remember the, the, the professor looked after me, he was a massive Everton fan. So um, he, he knew of me anyway. So, uh, and uh, but I always remember him sitting, sitting me down saying, um, We've got a massive job on our hands here, Mark. I'm not sure what the outcome's going to be, but you will never ever referee again. That's what that was. What his words were: "You would never ever referee again." But I proved him wrong, and uh, the rest is history. How did that <laughs> you know, kind of going, work? going through going through chemo and radiotherapy? Definitely. How did that kind of work for your mental health, like for yourself and for your family? Obviously, at the time, it may not have been as big as it is now in terms of mental health. But how did that kind of work for you in terms of actually getting uh, back into? full health and full fitness. I know you're never really full health when you suffered from cancer, as I know um, from my family and stuff, but how did that kind of work in terms of you fully getting back mentally as well as, as, well as physically as well? Mark? I think, I think, yeah, I mean, my wife was, was a great support. Um, she used to give me a kick up the arse, even though she was suffering um, mm. when I used, when I was feeling down for myself, because I always used to go and have the chemo um, and that would bring me straight back down again because you have to climb the hill. You know, you gradually have the chemo, you climb the hill, you get to the top of the hill, and then you have another bout of chemo, and it brings you right back down again. And yeah. Bolton Wanderers was a great support to me as well, and obviously the football family. Um, you know, because uh, Professor Timothy said to me that you know if you can undergo cardiovascular work while you're going through chemo, you've got a great chance of a great chance of survival. So that's what I tried to do. I know I couldn't, but I tried to do a little bit on the treadmill when I, I made sure that I could, when I was fitting up, I went to the training ground and bowl, done a little bit on a treadmill, even if it was 10 seconds, I, I was struggling. I could, you know, I could never even see myself getting back. Uh, even when I'd finished my chemo and my radio and the following year, when I was sort of trying to train and trying to do my fitness test far too early. And I just, I kept, I kept, I kept dropping, you know, um, failing and dropping down and dropping out I couldn't do that I couldn't complete the fitness test I couldn't get fit I just couldn't see myself getting doing it I just couldn't see myself all that all that all those drugs and the poison that went into my body was just holding me back but um luckily for me um yeah I worked really hard I had a great support of, of Bolton Wanderers and and, ref, and the referee colleagues that, that helped me as well you know yeah because from from the outside what we could see is more in terms of like 
you know, there's like players and managers who are like wishing you publicly uh, like all the yeah. best and get well soon and stuff. But I didn't really know that about like the managers and Bolton Wanderers as well. So that was really nice to hear that from your yeah. point of view as no, well. That was good. All the players and uh, I say the football family was tremendous fans around the world, the country and, 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 and you know, referees and players and all sorts of people from all over. It was fantastic. You know, and obviously gives you that strength, gives you that inner strength to say, right, you know, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to win this. I'm going to do this. So, no, you definitely want it. And hopefully it's just one of those things that ha- if people are listening to this or if people have seen your story from, again, yeah, I don't, 10 I years ago. Be, I just want to be an inspiration to all those people that, that um, you know, were suffering and fighting cancer that, listen, that you can do it. You've got to be positive um, and have that, have that inner strength and that support and love from all, from all your friends and family who will we'll see the day through. And the craziest thing was you didn't just get back into like refereeing at like League 2, League 1 level. You actually went back to Premier League refereeing Within like a year and a half, wasn't it as well? Which is yeah, crazy. yeah, it was. It was oh, well, yeah, it was tough. It was, it was tough. It really was tough. I always remember going back, you know, going from the reserve section of the football league and into the into the football league. Then, yeah, um, for the following season, uh, it was. You know, I was, I was. If I was, if I was brutally honest, I pushed myself too much and I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I, I came back far too early. Um, but that that goes with. Um, that uh, was because I think if I had the support and, and if Keith Hackett was still in charge, I think he would have managed me correctly. I don't believe I was managed correctly, but okay. listen, that's another that's a, that's another story. But I mean, you know, that I think that, and obviously being asked by Everton to go back there and referee the pre-season friendly between Everton, Chile, and Everton, yep. and the the, the, the thirty thousand fans that were in the stadium, the stand innovation I've got was just unbelievable, unbelievable. And I remember my wife being there, my daughter Lucy. She was a toffee girl, throwing toffees into the crowd. It was, it was funny. It was good. Uh, that's really cool to hear. And it just goes to show that you went on to referee until like the 2013 season as well. So you were literally there for Sir Alex Ferguson's last season in the Premier League as well. So you retired the same season Sir Alex Ferguson yeah. retired as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. 2013 was a big year for British football at the time. Two big names together. <laughs> Two big names together. Only Joe, there's only one, there's only one Alex, Alex. <laughs> no, that's okay, that's all good. Um, but no, just before we wrap up the podcast, Mark, I did want to ask you two questions. First of all, I just want to know how your after referee career has been. Like, I know you're in Spain now, I know that you're living um, elsewhere from the United Kingdom and you're still involved in football. What is it that you're actually doing um, in football at the moment and how is that going for you? Um, yeah, obviously, I, 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 I do columns in the Sun newspaper on, on referees, um, which I thoroughly enjoy. I, I mean, afterwards, I have, I have been coaching for, for a company called You Are The Ref that's no longer in operation, but you know, it allowed me to go to Columbia, America, to, to help and train with referees. And that's a passion for me. Is I'd love to be involved with um, training and, and management of, of, of referees at any level, but obviously... I didn't sort of leave on good terms with the present manager or management general manager. So I wasn't the only one not to leave on good terms. There's been high profile referees that have left the PGMRL. So I think that's one disappointment. I think I've got a lot to offer still, but listen, that's the way it is. Um, I'm involved in the vets team in Spain. I manage a vets team um, out here. <laughs> listen, <laughs> some of the referees, oh my God. <laughs> do you get to complain to the referees? Of like, I was oh, a referee do, in the I Premier do. League. Listen, Listen, I was I was embarrassed the other day because I, I got a yellow card for for um, 
for questioning the decision. I mean, he was wrong in law. I mean, I, some of these referees are they're not up. They're not up with the laws of the game. And I just, I said, I just referee, this, 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 you're wrong in law. It's just not right. It's wrong. But obviously, I did understand me. And I got my daughter who's fluent Spanish by the side of me. And she's sort of saying the same thing. And <laughs> someone was having a game. He thought it was me. And he just come up and give me a yellow card. I went, oh, listen, I'm, I'm ever so sorry. I'm, I'm really, I'm really, really sorry. But um, no, I enjoy it. I mean, the referees generally know who I am. The clubs know who I am. I've refereed in the league as well, so they rather me be a referee than a manager because they like the way I referee. So, but no, I like it, and uh, I think if I'm looking back, I'd, I'd love to be involved in 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 managing and coaching referees because I've got a lot to offer. Definitely, it's like Salim said earlier, Uma was a better referee than he was a player as well, <laughs> as well which is good. Uh, if if, if Uma needs any help, he knows where I am. Definitely, no, it's been great. And then, um, but no, that's just kind of our end of the conversation with yourself, Mark. So, Mark, I wanted to say thank you very much for your time today. Thank you very much for being so open and honest with your conversation as well. Salim, if you had any last questions for Mark before we move on to our Champions League final topic, which obviously, Mark, you're welcome to stay for, which is fantastic. Um, Salim, did you have any last questions for Mark before we move on from the topic? Um, no, um, I'm quite, I'm quite rushing myself, but... I was just going to say, in terms of VAR, I'll make it quick because we could obviously go on forever and probably be a better part too. But I feel like personally, VAR is a good tool that we have. I just yep. think it's not used properly. And I think until we can get sort of an independent body or, I don't know, like referees in the VAR room that, you know, are making the correct decisions, because, you know, everyone at home can make the right decisions, you know, mm. just watch that. Cassie, why they can't. But I think once we get that fixed and we can, because they've, they've sped up the time of a lot of decisions as well compared to the first season it was in. So it, it has improved. But I think once we get that sorted, I feel like, you know, it'll, it'll, I think it'll definitely improve the Premier League by, by a mile, I think. Pre, pre, the, the VAR um, is good for the game. VAR is good as long as it is it's used correctly. And at the moment, we ain't using it correctly in the Premier League. That's the problem we've got at the moment. There's too many inconsistencies, as I said before. But hopefully, you know, we will get there one day. Definitely, we'll get there one day. It's like I said with cricket and rugby, they took their time there in their own sports to do it. Football will take their time to do it as well, yeah. which, will, which will be good fun. Um, but no, fast, uh, last five minutes of the podcast, we are talking about the Champions League final, Real Madrid versus Liverpool this coming weekend as well. Um, personally, for me, it's going to be... A fantastic game. I think it's going to be great. I support Man United, so I want Real Madrid to win, Mark, um, as you can imagine. But um, do you have any first thoughts on the game, um, Mark? Uh, listen, I just, hope it, I, I just hope it's a cracking game of football. And, you know, I suppose you've got to root for the, um, for, for, for the English team, as everyone should do. Um, I think being in Spain, um, I mean, my daughter's a massive Man United fan, as you can see by the pictures behind. I think she wants Real Madrid to win. Same, <laughs> But it's good to see that you know, we've got a good referee in charge, um, and Turpin, which um, I think is a good appointment by the ref by UEFA. They trust him. Um, he's not he's not fussy. He allows the game to flow. He doesn't rush in with yellow cards. So um, yeah, I'm 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 looking for a, you know looking forward to a, a fabulous game. I mean, if it's anything like we saw on Super Sunday last week, the last last weekend of the season, um, unbelievable, unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, watching the City game and Villa go 2-0 up and then I'm saying that tiles Liverpool's now because once Mo Salah come on, you know that they're going to score another goal and then City bounce back, you know, three goals in what, six, seven minutes? What a, what a, what a, you know, what a, what a, 
what a what a Super Sunday! And with with Leeds, you know, Leeds winning the last death with Brentford. Yeah, great. That that is what football is all about. That is what the Premier League is all about, and it's a fantastic league, um, best in the world. And uh, the Premier League do fantastically well to 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 put on what they do, and it's it's great. It's just oh, the Champions League has all the thrills that we saw last weekend on Sunday. I think Real Madrid have been bringing the the frills and the spills all knockout season uh, with uh, the Chelsea game, the Man City game, and yeah. the PSG game as well, which will be which will well, be really good fun. See, threw that away, didn't they? They changed their tactics in the last five minutes. They threw that away, didn't they? they it made no away. sense taking off Kevin De Bruyne with like five yeah. ten minutes ago as well. It's, it's like they were parking the bus too early for them. I yeah, think. they did. Yeah, absolutely. Very silly. Salim, who are you looking forward to watching um, on on Saturday, Real Madrid or Liverpool? In terms of who, you, what kind of players are you looking out for um, for a big masterclass? Uh, all, all of them, to be honest, because I think there's one thing that you realise. Probably, Mark, you probably see better, but I've, there's something I've noticed from watching like a lot of football. Like, for example, when I was watching Villa, like in the Championship as well, the games used to be like a little bit like not slower, but it wasn't played at the same sort of level. So when you watch Champions League games, you know, the ball, like, passes are just flying in and you just see... Bang, yeah, bang, bang. Yeah, but it's the, the, like, for me, because I'm a Villa fan and I only ever watch sort of Villa games, when I watch these sort of top Champions League teams coming together and playing, you know, it's for me, it's like, you know, like, this is completely different. Like, I can sort of see, like, both teams are such a high level, you know, the baseline so high for all the players and watching yeah. sort of all these quality players, but it's just a spectacle. And I think that that's why I sort of like enjoy those games because I've always said I've never enjoyed watching my own team play because, you know, I'm just stressed out watching them. Uh, but when I watch these other teams, it, it truly gives me a chance to enjoy football. So, yeah, I, I definitely enjoy watching games like this compared to watching my own team. Yeah, definitely. And if I can get a score prediction from both of you, that would be great. For me, I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for 3-2 Real Madrid after extra time. I think it'll be Real Madrid's year again. I want Liverpool to bring up a good fight. I know they've got a couple of injuries as well. I think uh, Thiago's out. He's a fantastic player um, to watch. And that would have been a really good battle. Thiago versus Modric in the midfield. Both amazing passes as well. Mark, what's your score prediction for? I think think there'll be goals. I think that, you know, both defences can be vulnerable. Um, So I think there'll be goals. I'm going to go... um, 3-2 3-2 Liverpool. 3-2 Liverpool. Fantastic. And Salim, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go... Yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 Liverpool. Go. 2-1 Liverpool. The reason I asked that question, Mark, is because me, Salim, and our other co-host, Raheel, we are in a uh, little competition on social media in terms of... Uh, it's like a score predictor that we're doing. And whoever wins the most points wins a prize at the end of the season. And we're yeah. all like neck and neck between like three different points. So whoever wins and gets like a bonus point for first goal scorer as well, wins the prize, which is worth like 70, 80 quid. So <laughs> tough times on Saturday. So I can't really, I can't really enjoy the game because I think Salah's going to win. <laughs> I think he's going to beat us, which isn't great at all. Um, but no, that's the end of the podcast. Okay. Mark, I wanted to say thank you very much for your time today once again. Thanks for being such a good sport and being so open with your conversation. If you You're had welcome. to leave us with one uh, piece of advice for any young referee or any young person in the football industry... Uh, what would it be and, and why? Just remember, you don't get that second chance to make that first impression. Um, go out and enjoy and smile and engage with the players and enjoy. That's the most important thing. Go out and enjoy and be confident and have the confidence in your own ability to go out there and perform. Yeah, brilliant stuff.
Thank you very much for your time today, Mark. Salam, as always, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. Thank Hopefully you. Hopefully see you soon. Um, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Uh, please yeah. follow us on social media. Uh, we'll leave the links below and we'll leave the link for uh, Mark's Twitter account as well uh, below as well. But everyone, thank you very much for listening. Take care and goodbye.